What's up, you dirtbags? Luke and I are finally back in studio after a wild, wild week in Vegas. Luke, how we doing, man? Dude, I am doing good. It is Thursday today. Um, I'll be honest with you. Like, when Riley and I got home on Saturday, I was so excited to be home. Our flight, we had to get up at 2.30. We were at the airport by like 3.30, but the gates didn't open until 4. I don't know. I'm not a huge Vegas guy. Con Expo is super fun, but yeah. like all of the people and like all of the lights, I'm a small town North Dakota boy. Like put me in, put me in Medora, which has a population of 35 and I'll be happy. Yeah. You only need one blackjack table, not yeah. uh, 50,000. I will say, I can't remember the guy's name, but when we played blackjack the last night, he was, oh, he at was the stratosphere. Yes. I, I feel little, terrible. I, Speaking of the Sphinx, I was dizzy when we were eating this. The Sphinx, yeah. This, I mean, that thing's spinning as you're sitting there eating. We had to go hats off and look at that. And it looked almost identical to what it is right now. I think uh, you actually have decent hat head, and mine was just so greasy. And it was like, people obviously can't see if they're listening, but it was like up and then straight down. It looked great, Luke. Yeah, and then the photographer came around. She's like, pictures? I was yeah, like, like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, we're okay. Oh, yeah. man. Feels good to be back, though. I know it, we have, it's been a while since we've done one just sitting at our computers here. But uh, what, do you, what do you got drinking, uh, drinking tonight? Dude, I am having a Bighorn with a splash of sour. I know I gave up drinking for a little bit, but tonight I have an exception. I needed one. Yeah, not we'll probably get that a shakes, little bit, but one of those days. Not because I had the shakes. Uh, yeah, we, we got a little bit of a, we got a little bit of a mixed bag here. So, uh, in my new diamond dirt bags mug, got a little maker's mark, a uh, couple cubes of ice, and then had a Corona in the fridge. So I figured, uh, you're double fisting tonight. It, it was just the one lone one. I was like, well, I mean, might as well do it on the delve. Exactly. And I'm not going to have it for breakfast. So yeah. makes it uh, no make more that. sense to do it when we, when we record. No lime. What's up with that? That's like, uh, yeah, that's like the staple to a Corona in line. I know it's kind of skunky when you don't have a lime and yeah, I just uh, couldn't find one. So yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That happens. Um, but anyway, back to Con Expo, super fun. Um, I met a lot of people that obviously that I've only ever talked to on Instagram. So we talked about this at Drinks with the Dirtbags, but it was fun to put a face to the name. Or a name to the face. There you go. I would say. So that was super. I really enjoyed that. I think that was probably like the highlight of my trip there. Yeah. I mean, it was so busy. And, you know, for context, so I flew in on Sunday and I left Friday morning. So I had a lot of time there. I was definitely ready to go by the end. And you, though, you flew in Tuesday night and a couple delays. And then, and then you flew out Friday morning. It wasn't Saturday. It was Friday morning. Early, too. And so I... From your perspective, and obviously it was both of our first times uh, at Con Expo, but uh, we were we had a packed first schedule. Time in Vegas too, though. Oh, that oh, that's right. First so, time ever in Vegas, so that was like I got had it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you literally had you know Vegas Con Expo. I mean, now I'm hearing that there is official numbers are out 130 over 139 thousand people were there, and it was over three million square feet of a show wow 
Eight, yeah. So it was more than John had said when we had talked. He said he said two point eight million, and I don't know where they got the extra couple hundred thousand, but yeah, the report said over three million square feet. And I honestly, I believe it because we probably saw one tenth of the show. That's super cool. Like, and there was a lot of space. And like you said, Riley, Riley, and I, when we weren't with you guys, we were either at an event at a at a panel, or we were trying yeah. to divulge as much as we can by looking, but we didn't get very far. Yeah, so that's, I kind of wanted to ask you that too, because, you know, you can only do so much in a day there. Cause I know at one point you and Riley were just like, all right, let's go sit down somewhere and grab some margaritas or whatever you guys had. And, um, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, that was on when, uh, was that Thursday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thursday. And so you kept, you know, you, you spoke on a panel, you, uh, had a live podcast at the Diamond Mowers booth, you had the drinks with the dirt bags. Like, do you think it was, busy enough? Do you think it's too busy? Would you do anything different? Would you come earlier, leave later? Like what, what do you think about the show and what would you do differently just for you personally on your next trip? Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, we had, we were booked with events. I don't think we really could have taken on any more just because of like the logistics of getting A to B. It takes yeah. a while, obviously get around. Um, I would come maybe, maybe I would have stayed the last day instead of coming earlier, because I feel like everybody comes at that one time and then they kind of fizzle out through the week. And again, I don't like huge crowds. So, I mean, Tuesday was perfect, but probably leaving Saturday would have been would have been a little bit better than 2.30 a.m. on Friday. Yeah, I mean, and I can attest to, because I was there Sunday, was there Monday at the show, but it wasn't technically open yet. Um, Tuesday was insane. I mean, that was, Tuesday and Wednesday were by far the busiest days. And I heard Saturday, it was like, a little bit of a ghost town, which in what I think what you're saying here is that's probably a good thing because then you can go. Um, and I don't remember if, if John told you this, but uh, if any exhibitor packs up before 3.01 p.m. on Saturday, they get fined. They're not coming back. And I was like, oh, sweet. So it actually makes sense to come on Saturday because there's not as many busy you know, foot traffic, but you can also yeah. still go see everything. I know that's wild. Um yeah, and I, obviously with the three million square feet, that's that's no small task. No, <laughs> but and yeah, I don't know. Honestly, though, like huge shout out to AEM, which is um, the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. So they they own Con Expo, like that's yep. their show, and they own Bama too, right? Or Bama? Uh, so they're they're they don't. Uh, they're they partner with Bauma and they're like kind of help them out and th- Bauma helps them out. But um, it's it's just so crazy. Like, so AEM, they're based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and they've got over a hundred employees. And it was crazy to see like the hospitality that they provided to us, like of all people, just they were so nice and they were like uh, so helpful and so giving. And I just, yeah, huge shout out to them because, um, they made us feel like at home and that was our first show ever. I know that was super fun. Very accommodating too for, you know, like drinks with the dirt bags. You know, they put that out. That was awesome. Hey, come see us. Obviously your panel, my panel. Um, and just the communication of how they're like, yep, nope, no problem. We'll figure it out. So that was, yeah, really cool. that was a, that was a crazy moment. Um, we were both in the bathroom when we <laughs> hand up. I was sitting on the pot. Yeah. Um, I was, I was at the urinals. And, and my phone, you know, get a notification. Of course, I, you know, take a look. The official Con Expo app, it literally says a, a 
a push notification. I don't know how many people had the app, but drinks with the dirt bags happening in one hour, you know, host Luke Agbrown and Luke Payne of the dirt bags podcast, like go have some drinks with them. I was like, this is, this is not real life. I told you to screenshot that and you're like, I can't, I, I, can't. I, I missed it. I totally missed it. And that's on me, but you didn't have the app. So I didn't have the app. So I was just, I was just banking off what you said, but so that was really fun. And obviously we got to meet, um, Taylor. Uh, he was in a panel right before us at that time, or at that time, and then uh, Dave. I enjoyed talking to Dave, his, Taylor's dad. That was super fun. Oh yeah, I thought you yeah. meant uh, Dave Turret, but yeah, D- Dave's awesome. I mean, yeah. he no, Dave's super cool. I was trying to think of who he reminds me of. It's one of our dads, like of our friend group. But I was like, man, this guy is—he's oh, so thoughtful, like so sentimental, but just like he—he he gets it, you know, and he gets the relationships and the friendships and everything. And he's like. Just so happy to be there. And yeah, I think yeah. you and I talked to him for a good, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes. And it was a while. Yeah. It's like, man, this guy's court cool. he had for what Taylor was doing was really cool. You know, he's like, yeah. that's my son. That's my son. So that was, that was really cool. I think my favorite story is when he was like, we had the option to go to Fremont Street and I loaded everybody up and we went down to Fremont Street. And I was like, ooh, I bet that was interesting. Ooh. <laughs> um, I don't remember Dylan with Dylan Mercier sent us a snap. Do you remember this, Luke? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was a gal in a costume, not a very good costume. And she looked like Velma. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It. I could have sworn it was Velma if she put on, you know. Here's Luke. Oh, there. <laughs> was that Velma? That, that was funny. That was what balling out with Chadwick at the Black Yeah. Day. Velma really let herself go, but I, I guess you, you kind of see that at Fremont um, more than the strip. So it's kind of the the second stringers, if you will, um, out on Fremont Street. Correct. No, but I mean, show was awesome. Vegas, eh, just not a huge Vegas guy. If they were to do it in Nashville, fucking oh, boy up, dude. I would be so in. Do you think they could pull that off? I mean, I, I, I don't think they're in Nashville. Space, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think they do either. And I think, Vegas is such a destination for, because there's so many people around the world. I can't remember how many countries, but I think it was 40. Uh, that rings a bell, but it just yeah. like Vegas is so easy to get to. And it's just in the middle of the desert. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, if you're there for 48 hours, you're, you're about ready to leave. Yeah. You're ready to pack up and go. But so let's just, um, let's just say 2026, um, uh, you know, dirt bags, everything's still, uh, going well. And you have the option to kind of create your schedule. Like how many, like is too many and how many like events do you do? And like, do you have a booth or like, what's that game plan? I would, I don't think I would do a booth just because me personally, I would not want to be tied to a booth for that many days. I agree. Right. Even if I was like an equipment manufacturer, I would not, unless there was people to substitute, not a chance. Me? No. It'd be tough. And then, I mean eight to five and that's Tuesday to Saturday, like the whole way. Um, I think there's no way, but yeah, I think like, it's interesting because, you know, there's so many collaboration opportunities and we got to kind of experiment with that at at this show. And so it kind of works out best for both parties, like, especially us. And then, um, whoever we're doing the collaboration with, it's like, it brings new eyes and new people to their booth. But yeah, I don't know. I think I'm glad we didn't book more. Um, but I'm really happy with how it turned out, which it was a business trip and it felt like a business trip and we, you know, acted like it, but, um, 
it, it was it was a little exhausting, uh, and I felt well, just like a hair stressed at some points. Oh yeah, but but you know it is what it is, right? It is what it is. You just roll with the punches. But like if like a perfect scenario schedule is, I don't think somebody would be. I mean, maybe they could. I wouldn't want to, but I wouldn't want more than like two events a day, right? If you had a yeah. morning and the afternoon, because your whole day is pretty much encompassed by setup during tear down. You know, you have a little bit of time to maybe go eat and then you're headed to the next and then the show's pretty much, it's not over, but it's wrapping up, you know? Yeah. I almost wonder too, if like you just in the middle of the show, like on a Wednesday, you just said, all right, nothing this day. This is where yep. we go do whatever we want. And then, yeah, Tuesday, you have two events, Thursday, Friday, maybe you have a couple events. But um, I think having that day kind of break up the business days, I guess, mm -hmm. um, I think might be a good, a good plan. Yeah, I was jealous. I saw James's. He was always taking snaps and put them on his story. And all the stuff that he saw, and I was like, I I have no idea where this is. I wish I could go see that. But yeah. I was like, I don't have the time. Yeah, and uh, you you also, like, cut it short. I mean, you had Wednesday, Thursday. That's it. I mean, you literally had two days. Two days, yeah. And you had and we loaded with stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, no, man, it, it was good. I know I'm sure people that didn't go are so sick of hearing about it because, Oh, I'm sure. Like, everyone's talking about it. everyone's talking about how great it was which it was so fun so awesome but you just you can't miss it on the next one because it's only every three years correct correct and it's probably a good thing they only have it every three years because it would be really tough to keep it as exciting and exciting yeah. if it was like every two years honestly i mean every three to five would be like ideal but obviously every three it's good yeah i 100 I 100% agree. And and I know maybe this is something we could touch on just for a second. Like, do you think that going to Con Expo, because I feel like a lot of people that we know from Instagram or whatever, like that went, that was their first, like, I guess you could say that was their first big trade show. Um, do you think that's going to open the door for a lot of people of like, oh, I'm going to go to the Utilities Expo in Kentucky or, you know, this expo and, and kind of travel about? Or do you think it kind of just, stops with con expo no i think i mean it's not like it opened up i think you and i see a lot more exposure of it because we are i mean the our realm i'll call it yeah. of people that we follow and we interact with are young but it's been around for so long so for it's, sure it's not anything new it's, yeah i i think the i meant to structure that as like yeah like the people like our dirt bags that have never been to a show and are, you know, listening and, and then they, they go and they're like, that was so awesome. We networked with a bunch of people. We learned a lot. Like, I wonder if that opens up like a traveling group, like a huge community of people that are like, Hey, are you going to this show? Hey, are you going to this one? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt. I mean, the utility expo sounds super cool and like world of concrete, you know, yeah. all of those, they're all so specifically related to an industry to where I feel like maybe if you, you know, you don't have to go every year, but if you go like every other year, you know, you're still gaining really solid information to where the people that maybe don't go, they don't have access to. Maybe they just see and they don't know it's a reality type thing. Yeah. And I think I can see in the future too, you know, some even stemming off of that, like not even a trade show, just some sort of like contractor meetup and something where it's like, you know, the group of friends that are all over the country that just want to go somewhere and have a, you know, business meeting for three days somewhere. Um, I think you get a lot out of that, but also, you know, just building those relationships and friendships. Absolutely.
Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, but obviously, kind of wrapping it up with Con Expo. Con Expo was great. Good to, good to see everybody. See you in 2026. Let's get it out of here. Get it out of here. Now, the real reason, Luke and I have some pretty good topics for this next episode, or for this episode, I should say. Um, first one, Luke and Luke, and Luke I was going to say, Luke, we were just kind of talking about right beforehand is obviously today being March 23rd. When yep. this airs, this will be April, right? So think we are now in the April time frame. If you think back to the separation season episode, right? We're past that now. So now it's kind of, now it, no, it's crunch time, right? Now it is time to really put your boots on the ground and make sure that you are making those connections if you already haven't, right? Or now it is time to get your schedule in place. Now it is time to start, you know, using different, say, job costing apps, um, you know, time tracking apps, whatever, to make sure you get familiar, get yourself familiar with them and your crew familiar with them so you can use them effectively come start. Because I know there's going to be a lot of people probably within the next month that are going full on. Yeah, I wrote down three words uh, just as you're talking there because we had talked uh, separation season. That was a huge episode for us. It's one of my favorites because mm -hmm. it was just from the heart. We didn't even yeah. know we were going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. And, and it was huge. But now it's like springtime. You can't just say like, oh, it's going to be slow. Go do this and that. Go knock on people's doors. Go shake hands. It's like the three words I wrote down, springtime. I mean, we're talking implementation. So implementing what you the systems, the ideas, everything you had in the winter, you got to implement it. If you don't implement it, you're going to be back where you were the previous year where you didn't want to be. Consistency, that's massive. You want to get to the next separation season with like hitting your habits every single day, every single week, every month, doing the things that you promised you yourself you would do. So the consistency to get you to the next season is going to be huge. And finally, delivering. Like yep. if you're talking to these project managers, these GCs, whoever you're doing, uh, speaking with, you know, in the winter time, you need to show them like, okay, it's not just uh, a vanity. You're not just all talk. Like you need to deliver and you need to over deliver. And that starts with your communication, uh, finishing the job, like making their life easier. And then that follow-up process too, of like making sure they know you're ready for the next one and you can handle it. Mm -hmm. One that kind of comes to my mind from your three is discipline, making sure you're disciplined and following up and making sure that you have some system that is keeping you on task, right? Say it, whether it's you as the owner, you as an employee, you as a project manager, right? You have a list of tasks to do, you know, whether you write them down daily and then you cross them off one by one, but just yeah. making sure that nothing is falling through the cracks, right? Like, could be an email, could be a phone call and, you know, you missed it and it went to voicemail, you know, call them back, send that email back, make sure that you are doing these things so you aren't missing out on opportunities. I think that's huge. You know, there are people that, that don't call them back, right? You hear, I mean, so many contractors hear it all the time. Well, so-and-so never called me back. I reached out twice, blah, blah, blah. Or they ghosted me or whatever. Be disciplined, you know, and that kind of ties into the communication as well, but be disciplined to make sure that you are doing those follow-ups. You are, you know, getting back to people. You are doing what you're going to say. So I think that's super important as well. So I wanted to bring this up to you. Um, what would you say 
if, if it's more of the owner operator, because I think what happens is that when it gets busy, like they're the one doing it and they're super busy and they can't focus on all this other stuff and answering the phone and, you know, even doing like certain marketing things to keep the business rolling. Like, what would you say to somebody that's, cause there's a lot of them out there and it, it it's not a bad thing, but how, how does the owner operator stay sane, but also keep the discipline, keep the consistency and, you know, the discipline to keep growing? Um, well, you got to have systems in place, right? So I think of, think of on the day-to-day operations, right? Your owner operator, you're in the field, you're in your pickup, you're kind of all over the place, right? Whatever you're doing, have, have a system in place, right? So say you get a lot of emails during the day, right? Yeah. I don't know, maybe like an automatic response to these emails from when maybe you get one to like, Hey, we'll get back to you at this or Hey, got your email. Thanks so much for the inquiry. Um, we'll get back to you here shortly, but yet maybe it doesn't on, you know, it doesn't show on red whenever that reply goes. And then right. later that night you go through, them, you know, figure out which ones are junk, figure out which ones aren't. Then you prioritize them. Okay. This was a really good lead. This one will go somewhere eventually. This one I'm just going to follow up with things yeah. like that. Um, phone calls, every owner operator knows that their phone is probably ringing unstopped during the day. For sure. Buy some AirPods. There you go. If you have your phone and your AirPods with you, you can still run your machine while talking on the phone. And if you can't multitask by talking and running the machine, you probably shouldn't be in business. Is as bad as that is to say, but do it. Or I've seen headphones that Dane uses. They're big fucking muffs and he's got a speaker, whatever here. You could get a pair of those. I don't know what those cost. Things like that. Um, Yeah, I, I like that because I think what you're saying is that you don't need to be sitting in the office, like typing on a keyboard, answering the phone as like a secretary. It's just like, and owner operators are already incredible at multitasking because they do everything. And so it's like, okay, like you said, just toss the AirPod in, get a set of headphones, whatever, get used to answering the call and then, you know, set expectations as well. You know, Hey, can I get back to you at five o'clock? I'm finishing up a job site. Um, and then just kind of setting those expectations. But I think that'll help that owner operator like get to that next level and then they can really do what they want to do. If they want to keep operating, that's totally fine. But then they have a little bit more of the resources to hire that office staff to then field those those leads, those calls, the hiring applications, whatever it might be. Correct. If you, if you were good at following up with people and making sure that they know that you've got their message, whether it's maybe you don't want to answer the phone during the day, which is totally fine. Set yeah. something up in your phone that sends them a text, right? Hey, leave me a voicemail or shoot me a text. Sorry, I can't get to you. I will get back to you soon or something. 90% of them, you know, if they don't leave you a voicemail, they'll see that text and they'll probably text you if they can. Because yeah. really not a lot. There's not a lot of landlines anymore. There is, but there's not at the same time. One thing I learned that I use daily is put an action item on the person that's trying to contact you. So, hey, can you leave, like you said there, hey, can you leave me a voicemail so I can get back to it? Hey, yep. can you uh, send me a, an, an overview in a text? And then yeah. I leave it, and then I leave it unread until I get to it. So um, having that person do an action item so that when you do get to it, they have some work that they need to do to send over. 
Um, that'll make your life a lot easier. And then that way, everyone's not always waiting on you. Um, and I think that's just a, a small piece of delegating is, okay, what can you do right now to help my life, help yep. me out? And it's send that over in a different way, leave it unread. And then when you're ready to go through it, then uh, you can kind of check that box. Yeah, delegate what your customers do for you, right? Because it's not, you don't, you don't have to bow down to them. They can, they can leave you a voicemail or, I mean, create an automated text. Hey, can I get to you? Here's my email or here's, here's my cell number. Text me what you're looking for. Appreciate you reaching out. We'll get back to you soon. Yeah. That is super easy to come up with. Yeah. And if, if it's something that's consistent, like if it is, um, you know, somebody's looking for a quote or whatever it is, be like, hey, that's great. Can you send me address, you know, uh, description, like what you're looking for, budget, things like that. That way you can, that part's already done. You don't have to keep asking that every single time and you right. can kind of get to the point. Absolutely. Another one that I just kind of thought of, I had a conversation with a guy today and he sent me a snap and he was, you know, fuck this weather, blah, blah, blah. It's cold here. It's obviously still snowing. And he was warming up his machine. And I, I think I just wrote back like, do, or what did I say? I said, do what others hate. And I, fuck, I can't remember the quote, but it was really good. I felt like, damn it, Luke. I felt really, really good on that moment. And he kind of disagreed with me. He's like, wow, it's fucking cold. You know, I'm, I'm worn down. We weren't supposed to work all winter and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if you, if you continue to just have a good attitude about it, your spirits will change as well. Hey, yeah. I'm just, I'm glad for the hours. I'm lucky to still be working. I'm lucky to be out here. I, you know, if you're with a good company, I've got a great job. Look more towards that compared to fuck this, fuck that. This is terrible. Yeah. My life sucks. That'll help as well. You know, for more, well, I mean, that could be in the employee and the owner side because hopefully yeah. not the owner side, but if it is, that's going to transition down to your guys and no one's going to be happy. A hundred percent. And your attitude and how you perceive situations uh, every single day, even the small things, it that will change, in my opinion, that will change your life. It, when you start to shift that and you start to look at more of the positive things, it's just you become less cranky, less grumpy. And you're like, oh, wow, it actually is a blessing to live in America. Let's start there. And, yep. and just like to have what we have to have food on the table, but um, just the way you kind of structure that, because there are people that are looking for work that will do anything to have a job. And so um, that all comes from up here though. That's like the one thing you can control and it's hard to teach that. It's hard to tell somebody, Hey, look on the brighter side, man. But um, that is in our advantage um, because you can control it. You have a hundred percent control of your attitude and there's a 99% of other things you have no control over. Right. The quote was love to do what others hate. There you go. And he disagreed with it. I don't know where I got that, but he, yeah, he disagreed and he was like, nobody loves this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I do, you know, I would love to. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell myself that I love to, and eventually I'll adopt it. You know, yeah. I might not at the time, but I'm not going to let that show. I'm going to try to have fun with it, try to make the most of it. So, but I mean, it goes into mental toughness as well. You do have to be mentally tough in any industry. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that just goes, especially, you know, we get a lot of business owners listening, a lot of entrepreneurs, um, that alone, you got to be mentally tough to do it. So I think it, it's not for everybody, um, but it, it also helps like having that mindset already uh, to then see things in a different light. Yeah. And I, that this whole conversation kind of ties back to 
you know, Matt Studi's episode with Sapphire Construction about, you know, wearing yourself down and burnout and things like that. And again, all of that can be avoidable. Yeah, I understand you get tired when you're working 10, 12 hour days constantly. I understand that, but also make the most of it, you know, because it could, like, I'll shout out Jeremy here. Jeremy says this with the snow guys all the time. It could shut off at any minute, right? Either you're going to bitch about hours or you're going to bitch about not having hours. Which one gets you to a better place? Having hours. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Matt's the man. Yeah, him and I stay in touch and we're, we're building him a new website too for Sapphire. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun to see, like, especially after, you know, when we had the podcast with him, that was our first time, both of us meeting him yep. and, and obviously us three have just been keeping the ball rolling since. So it's, it's always fun to kick it off with the podcast and you're like, man, you're, you're pretty cool. You're a cool dude. Yeah, it is. It's been fun to watch him. It's uh, they're digging up right now. It looks like they're yeah. out of the bank or something. And I was like, fuck. Right there. Cool there. Right. You know, so it's super fun to see him at it because I know that we'll be hopefully following suit shortly. Soon, yeah. yeah. Matt's a super cool guy. Yeah. Um, I'll kind of pivot a little bit. I think, so one thing, um, definitely wanted to read this off, but um, got to give another shout out to uh, the Kinetic Leasing guys. Uh, so our guy, Sam, uh, shot Luke, you and I, a LinkedIn message um, a couple weeks ago. This is what he said. I just wanted to read this real quick. He said, hey, shout out to you both. I never would have called Kinetic if I haven't heard about them from you guys. They got me out of a huge bind and made us able to purchase a machine we had on rent. So basically gave him the capital to purchase it. Saved me a shitload of money. And since we saved a a bit, I'm able to bring on two more guys. So thanks. Keep it up. I was like, I mean, Luke, obviously, I sent the picture of the little goosebumps on my own. I got the chills. <laughs> I remember and, we dived uh, that to Ryan and Jake, and yeah, that was, yeah. That was great. And you know, I'll let you finish, and then I'll chime in after that. But Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, it. seeing that, too, I mean, because the Kinetic guys, they get it. Like, we're good friends with them. They do just killer work in the construction industry. And so I'm like, or so you and I are like, well, this just makes sense to do this partnership. And, and they've had our back through a lot of stuff and they um, support the Dirtbags University. They support us financially. They're just that partner that we want to be with. And, th- and then to see a message like that from Sam, like unsolicited, he's just like, hey, shout out to you guys. Like I went with them and they killed it and we're killing it together. I was like, what, what more could you want? Yeah, fucking praise God, baby. Praise God, baby. Um, but no, kind of playing off that. Wow, Theo Vaughn, praise God, baby, praise God. Theo's uh, hilarious. I love I him. love that guy. He's hilarious. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like, when I hear that, great. I'm glad you took our advice to go do it. But we uh, we wouldn't plug them if they weren't as good as we say they are. We're not just right. saying that to say that. Like they really are a legit company. And I always tell people because I get questions all the time. Like, oh man, I wish. You know, I wish my bank would let me do this, or I wish, you know, I could do this, this. I'm like, call the kinetic guys. You know, they'll look at your stuff. They'll analyze everything for you. They're going to help you, right? They're not there to screw you, which there's a lot of people out to screw people. They're not one of them, though. Yeah, and I think what you and I are trying to build is a community of like, hey, I'm just going to call this person that they say to call and just ask them a couple questions. Be like, hey, is this 
is this a bad deal? Is this a good deal? Like with my current bank or whoever, whatever you're trying to do. And then they're just like, oh yeah, we can take care of you much better than that. Or they'll say, it's actually a great deal. I would take it. So it's more of like the education and having somebody you can at least trust a little bit more than searching somebody random on Google. Correct. Correct. I mean, they've got such a solid team too and just really good experience, right? They're, they're sales guys. I feel like they're, they're sales guys, but they're not, right? They're there again to help. They want, they, they, again, when I say analyze, obviously through any banking process, you got to send your financials over. When you do that, they're looking at that and like, okay, is this going to hurt this person, right? Is this going to, is this going to put them in a bad position to where they aren't able to make this payment? And they're going to be transparent with you on that, you know, or if you're killing it and they're like, hell, you could buy a lot more than this, but yeah, absolutely. You know, they have that education with it. Yeah. And I think what really helps too, is that, um, you use them and then Sam uses them and Devin and like all these contractors that, you know, we know, we network with and people, other people that haven't used them would know. And so I think it's like, maybe that's something you and I can do is compile, which I don't know if legally we can do that, but I don't know. Um, that might be, that might be too much, but, yeah. uh, but you know what I mean? Of just like, yeah. And like people giving, you know, real honest, their opinion on, on what yeah. they think, but I'm sh- I'm sure we could, you know, tell people who have used them and, you know, Hey, yeah. reach out to them and see what their experience was or, you know, whatever. Right. Sure, we could do that. But, but yeah, so I, I thought that was awesome. I saw that. I was like, you know, it's what we're doing in my opinion is, is working. And, you know, from the start, we didn't want to just BS on a podcast every week or something. It was, we, we wanted to bring resources in a consumable way and add value through some sort of platform. And the podcast has been the easiest way. And in my opinion, one of my favorite things I get to do, you know, in, in my career. I agree, dude. I love just sitting down and talking because I feel like, I feel like you and I aren't recording, but it's like, we're having a conversation. Like we were sitting down at the blackjack table. I was like, we should be recording. This is great. (laughs) We should, that could be a new, that could be a new segment. We we got to bring Chadwick with us though. So, oh, dude, that table with him, that would have been so fun to record and then just put it out as a podcast. That would have been so fun because we were playing like the side bets. And then when we didn't play the side bets, they would hit. And yeah, it was just so much fun. And <laughs> whoever the Mark guy was, Mark was fucking chirping us because he's like, oh, oh yeah, these two, they're wives. And we're like, yeah, they're right there. Like, well, he, you know, he thought we were together, you and I. Yeah. And we're like, no, we don't play that way. We're from we're from North Dakota, man. Yeah, and because uh, it was just you and I sitting there, and and I don't know what we did to tip him off, but he's like, we're like, yeah, our wives are coming. He's like, wrongly. Right. Sure. It was because it was Luke, and Luke. we got that a lot, too. Like, I'm Luke. Yeah. I'm also Luke. And they're like, well, that's easy. Yeah. It was funny. But yeah, Chadwick was the man. Not to plug him again, but... um. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously, separation season, put your boots on the ground, right? It is it it is that time. If you're if you're not a snow removal guy and you don't have a lot of snow, guess what? The weather's gonna start becoming warmer. You're gonna get a lot more calls. People are anxious to get their projects done. There's the amount of commercial projects in our area right now is insane. Yeah. You know, I'm sure residential's died down a little bit, but has it really died down? Take it back to 2017, 2018. It's probably still better than it was at that time, right? Things like that. So you got to look it in 
retrospect, but I mean, the commercial world's absolutely crazy. There's still a lot of work and a lot of volatility. Excuse me, the whiskey's getting to me in the residential space, right? You just have to put yourself out there. This is a, this is a good story. I got two stories for you. So today I was driving, um, I was down a highway right down in Fargo and cruising around, you know, cruising along. And I always keep business cards with me. And I saw in front of me, it was a, it was a home builder and I've never heard of them before. I just saw, you know, their logo on the truck, whatever. And I was right behind him and there was a string of red lights. And I was like, all right, no way. We get behind a red light and I'm running up to his pickup and giving him a business card. And this is a true story. No yeah, way. Oh yeah, dude. So we finally hit one. It hits yellow. I see him tap the brakes. I'm like, God, unreal. Right behind him. And I get out to him, stop. And I slam it in park, get out. And I'm knocking on his door and he jumps. And I'm like, sorry. Then I showed him my business card and he rolled down his window and I said, hey, saw you were a home builder. I just wanted to give you my business oh, card. Oh my God. If you need a good earthwork guy, let me know. And he goes, kind of looks at me and he goes, thanks. And I ran back to my pickup because it was turning green. But I was like, he'll never forget that. That was, that was perfect. I mean, if people listening, if, if you're trying to come up with an excuse of why you can't get any work, Luke just crushed it for you. At a red light, right enough to get the window. And I legit should have videoed that because when I told oh, that's hilarious. He goes, no, you didn't. I'm like, yeah, dude, uh, absolutely. I would do that any day. You know what I just thought of? It's like, it's, it's confidence. You got to have a pair of nuts and you got to not care what people think about you. Cause you're like, Hey, worst case scenario, he thinks I'm a weird guy that just knocked on his window at a red light, gave him a business card. Best case scenario, we get you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars over 30 years with a great relationship with this home builder. I would take, I would take that chance. I would take either or, right? And I was like playing scenarios in my head of like what could happen because I'm like, this is a little unorthodox. And if he didn't got a gun window, I was prepared to just shove my card into that window seal. So, or just <laughs> on his windshield wiper. Yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't leave. So I, I was ready for it, but yeah, he rolled his window down. He's a nice guy. So that's hilarious. A little taken off guard though. He, he's going to be looking at them and be like, man, this guy had a, this guy had a pair in between his legs. I, I'm going to get call all drag it on the road when he was walking back. Uh, he's going to look at his current, uh, whoever is doing his current, you know, earthwork and he's gonna be like, you know, they need to step up. They need to step up their game. This guy <laughs> is just like on it right now. And I feel like, and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but that's a good way to get, um, into that good old boys little boys club hell yeah good old boys club yeah it's like oh it's been they've been doing it work together for 45 years it's like hey show them what you can do like give them a chance and but you gotta like be different a little bit you can't just send them a cold email because you're just gonna get nobody's gonna read it but oh uh, yeah you might i mean emails are good right if you if you get it if you get in for sure. the right time like yeah oh hey for sure you know we can send you something or you know, I think you have to word it correctly. And you exactly, to, you know, you can't go out there and be like, hi, my name is so-and-so. I am a 24-year-old business owner in the state of North. You know, it can't be like that. And then whenever I send an email like that, it's, hey, I'm Luke Payne. I own this company. I'm in the area. I saw you driving around, wanted to reach out. Um, if you need, you know, if you're ever looking for numbers on this scope, yeah, work, I'd love to see if I can be competitive, not trying to step on any toes. Look forward to hearing from you. Because when you say it like that, you're making their life easier and you're, they're like, oh, sure. Where if you're like, hey, 
I own this company. We want to work with you. It's like, that's you, 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 you just want to get paid. You just want the work, things like that. But you're structuring it in a way that's you're giving them value. You're adding value to them. You're like, I don't want to step on any toes. This is what we do. Here's how you can find us. Here's how you can contact us. Let me know because we will do it for you. And so I think the way you structure it, like you said, emails aren't bad. It's just the way you say it and the way you, you come off. And like a word choice. You got to add value before you ask for anything. Correct. No, absolutely. Um, okay, so story number two, opposite end of the spectrum. And I'll have to be, I'll have to choose my words here carefully because we'll see where this goes. Um, but I pulled, I, well, I shouldn't even say that. I didn't pull a will, sh a will, right? I wasn't on job sites scoping guys, right? I, I Will was. He will was. that he was. He was. He would walk up to the job site and be like, "Hey, you want a job?" To the foreman and the supervisor, or whoever. And this is a long time ago, too. This was. Yeah. He was like nineteen or twenty years old when he was doing that. Yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't have that big of balls, but there's a company in town, and um, I know a couple of the guys that work there. And you know, long story short, some of them have come and work for me. You know, they just they just wanted a change of scenery. Um, it's weird cause it's, it, I don't know how to like say it without sounding bad, but they've left this company because of culture, right? It's not because of more money. I didn't offer anybody more money, nor did I reach out to any of them directly in the first place, right? A lot of them kind of found us and they've seen what we're doing and they wanted to hop on, but they left this company because of culture and bad leadership. And I, you know, put the nail on the coffin today, hired his, hired four guys from this guy. And I feel bad, but I don't at the same time because they're great guys and I'm anxious to have them on. But he calls me up and he just lays into me like, you motherfucker, you piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm, I'm listening to this guy just go on and on and on and telling me how bad I am. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you are the only person that you can blame in this situation yeah. because I'm not paying your guys more, right? I set them at my starting wage, right? But if they show me that they're worth it, absolutely, I'll give them more than what you were, right? But I, right. I, my, my incentive isn't money. My incentive is what we're doing, I feel like. And I feel like that in a roundabout way could kind of be a lesson to where some people aren't incentivized by money. They're incentivized yeah. by like happiness. They're incentivized by, you know, what the company is going to become, where they're going, what their values are, you know, things like that. Yeah. So from an outsider looking in, you know, cause obviously my business is a lot different. Um, and you want to be in a position where people want to come work for you as a construction yeah. company. I mean, just, of course that makes sense. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase it, but how do you, not become the bad guy in that situation if you're not like going out and targeting these people if you're not adding more money if you're just like yeah this if they come to you and say hey luke we want to come work for your company we love what you're doing sure we've been at this business for 10 15 years but we love what you're doing like how do you how do you say no to that and also like you don't like yeah. I'm, I'm i'm so you don't but and that's not being a bad guy because guess what sure like during that conversation it was all about you know, why are you doing this? You have to do this, this, and that. And I'm like, who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? I'm in business too, motherfucker, right? And these are some solid dudes. I don't give, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't give a fuck about your business. 
we're in two completely different realms. I want good people. Yeah. These are great guys. I'm going to, just because you have a job, I'm not going to be like, mm, sorry, can't hire you. You know, you're right. currently employed somewhere. Fuck no. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to be the bad guy regardless. So in my opinion, I would rather be the bad guy with great people. And, you know, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll go and tell people how I operate and how I'm trying to poach everybody, which is sure. true. But I also have, as myself, have to stay true to my core values. And if people believe that, sure, you know, but then also go and meet people, show people who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So business is, the, the simplest term is business is business, right? Yeah. You have to look out for you. So let me flip it around then. I think this will be a good exercise is saying, okay, put yourself maybe in his shoes or actually just use yourself with, if, if these guys or your guys have been with you the longest are leaving for one company in town. And I, I, I know you would handle it a lot differently, but like, is it kind of just like, yeah, I mean, the grass isn't always greener. Like, I'm sorry it didn't work out, but you're probably not coming back. Like, what do, what do you do if people start jumping ship theoretically in your business? Well, it's funny because he asked me that question. He told me oh. he's going to hire a mole and he's going to make me hire this guy and he's going to figure out what I'm paying everybody and then he's going to report back and pay him more. And I'm like, that's not the problem at hand here. I said, yeah. I started losing, you know, two of these guys had been there for over six, over 16 years. Wow. 16 years they had been at this company. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I wasn't going out and I wasn't like, Hey, come over here, come over here. Grass is greener. Grass is greener. They just seen what we become. Sure. But I mean, he asked me, well, what if I do that to you? And I'm like, honestly, I have to reevaluate what I'm doing because if absolutely. People, if people are leaving me, that's not their problem. They're trying to better themselves. That's my fucking problem. I feel like it, it's the same with employees. It's also the same with your clients. I mean, if, if there's a, a home builder or a commercial project or even a residential client, we could say for this, if, if they say, oh, I'm going to go with this other company for X, Y, Z, it's like, it's, it's not on them. It's, it's on you of like, either it's um, perceived indifference, like you didn't communicate well enough, you, you're not delivering, or in the employee case, like it's just, the vision, the culture, the money, like whatever the issue is, like might need to be reworked. And so I always see that as an opportunity to kind of fix and mend your business and not go after like, I mean. But I mean, I get it. Like I would, yeah. but at the same time, I would, it's not, it's not the employer's fault that these people that say theoretically, my guys were going to them sure. saying, Hey, I'm sick of it here what do you got? Do you have any positions open? You know, chances are in this market, people will just open positions if they don't. Yeah. It, I, did you have open positions or did you kind of do that and like kind of open something and move th things around? Cause I know you'd need guys. Oh yeah. We always need guys like yeah. that. I will take any, I, I shouldn't say anybody. I will take really good people and make sure that they have a place, right? Because the conversations that I've had with them, you know, they're, they're not old, you know, but they're mid thirties, close to forties. And they're like, I'm looking for retirement. I am looking right. for a place that I do not want to have to move again. So I see that I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. I've got 20 years with this guy. What yeah. can I accomplish with this guy in 20 years? So fuck yeah, I'm going to make a space for him. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, 
obviously the internet's a crazy place and I wouldn't put it past anyone, but if somebody said, I'm sick of my job, I'm in Louisiana, if I flew up and lived up in North Dakota, could I come work with you? Like in that situation, is it the same or is it a bit different because of the commitment that they would have to, you know? I mm, No, I mean, there's a lot of that guy is being very vulnerable, right? Sure. He's taking a huge shot and he, if that person is doing that, they better make sure that they're showing up with their, yeah, with your boots on, right? Show that employer that you want to stick around. Right. Unless there, unless there's a company that absolutely cannot find people, yeah. probably don't apply because there's a reason they can't find people. Yeah. 100%. You know? So, I mean, if you are that person and you're like, I'm not happy where I'm at, but I see somebody over in, I'm in Louisiana and I see somebody over in Canada that is killing it. They look like they're a great leader. You're going to have to be vulnerable, but you're going to have to kick some ass in order to get that job. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like a given that just because we're hiring, like it doesn't mean you just get handed anything. Correct. No, uh, you still got to, yeah. Like you said, show up with your boots on and, and over deliver. Correct. To kind of climb up that ladder. Absolutely. Uh, and it, my situation is a little bit different because I've known these guys for a long time, obviously right. being in our community, it's small, you know, it's yeah. what I think is a bigger town, but it's small. So I know them. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to vouch for them and make sure that they're comfortable and they're happy so that we can build a really good system together. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's interesting because you, you don't like seek to be the bad guy or want to steal anyone, but at the same time too, like you said, it's just, these are good people that wanted to leave and wanted to come to you. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll take you in and we'll try and build this mission. And everyone has, you know, aspirations and has a personal life and has a, you know, a, a want to build a career. And so if they're not, if that's not satisfied, then, you know, I would probably want to move out as well. Same. Yeah. And if, and if after so much time you've given to a company and you don't see any type of improvement in how, in your system, I'll say, yeah, it's probably time to leave. Just in my opinion, if they're not trying to better you as well with you giving as much time as you are to them, probably not a good fit. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's very fair. And yeah, it, it's crazy that we, you know, it's business. It's business. Like it's you business. said, it, business it is. is business. And, and if it's not through that same thing, right, there's right to work states. There's no employer that owns any of his employees, right? Yeah. Slave days are over. Those aren't a thing anymore. They can go wherever the fuck they want. So don't be afraid if somebody comes to you and they're local, Fucking, and if they're, if you know what they're about and you know they're good, that's another, you know, good point of social media. You know, you can tell pretty good people by what they put out on their social medias. Yeah. You know, do it because again, this market is really tough. Um, it's funny because I talked to my attorney after that and I was like, hey, this was said, what are your thoughts on this? And obviously we, we talked about a couple things and she's like, Luke, it's a fucking dog eat dog world out there. She's yeah. like, why would you not take these guys on? If they're coming to you, even if you fucking went to them, it's not illegal, right? Is it, is it best business practices? You know, it depends on who you ask, right? You ask Will, hell no. I got my best guys by doing that. Yeah. You know, you ask somebody else, fuck yeah, they're burning bridges. You know, who, who's, you know, whose bridges am I burning? Yours? I don't know. So it, kind of a rant on that one, but it just, 
take the good people, take the chance. I like it. I think you helped us get to the title of this uh, podcast. So, well, we've got a few ideas now. Good, good. About time we come up with the title because I've yeah. carried the team the last six, probably the last, yeah, probably the last six, six <laughs> to eight, I would say, six to eight months. Oh, the titles are the fun part. Um, I wanted to touch on a couple other things before we wrap up. I know <clears throat> we've been cruising through this podcast. So, so if anyone's um, listening, sorry to hear my rants. No, this, I think that was perfect though. Cause I think it was something that needed to be touched on. And I don't think we've really touched on it before as far as like, cause the situation hadn't, it had come up before, but it, we didn't really dive into it. it so I was like, it did. Yeah. Like it did today. And that's why you've got the, the glass of whiskey. Um, fine breaking. So a couple things, uh, Dirtbags University, uh, for those that are listening, that are still listening, that don't know what it is, basically it is a um, educational session. It is a live webinar that Luke and I put on privately. We bring in a speaker to, instead of just the podcast where you're learning, you're getting value, the webinar is, it's like a classroom setting where you got pen to paper, you got your drink. It's usually on a Monday night at 7.30 Central, but we are all there to learn something. So I can't say what we have in store, but there's a 80% chance that we have a huge Dirtbags University coming up in the next few weeks. It is going to be a, I don't want to say it's going to be better than Will's, but it might be better than Will's. And I think that was the thing is like after Will's, everyone's jaws were on the floor and it was, it was so, you know, you know, if you don't come to the next one, come to the next one, Will absolutely went above and beyond um for for that university and so we're like how do we come close to wills how do we try and one-up it so luke i know you and i have been on the um on the drawing board here and at con expo had a couple things align where something big could happen and so we just got to close and uh hopefully we make it work let's get it i luke i'm gonna this again was because of you so I'm putting my faith in your hands, man. You got it. Dude, I, I, I think it's going to work, and uh, it's going to be, we're going to have a good time. So be, don't miss it. Absolutely. I'm anxious for it. Um, Yeah, I think lastly, uh, my last note was be a savage. So if you want to close on, close on that. Be a fucking savage, right? You are in business to be in business. You are not in business to help other businesses. Sure, can you have mutual respect relationships? But guess what? Your com- you will not lose people if you paint the picture where you want to be and you help your guys get to where they want to be. You will never lose anybody that way, right? You lose people when you start fucking them. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to say. That's, that's the best way to put it, but be a fucking savage. Be a savage for your people and don't give a fuck about anybody else. I think that's a wrap. I think that is the title. I've got Be a Savage written down. Title, um... Yeah, man, we cruised through, I think we're at an hour right now. That was a good one. I mean, that didn't feel like an hour personally, but I I went off on tangents. So again, anybody listening, thanks for listening. I'll um, I'll try to be more well orchestrated next time. No, I think that was perfect, Luke. I mean, that's, we we, will have a few dirtbags that are still listening right now. And those are the real ones. But um, yeah, we always talk about that. That is the point isn't to run through a bunch of questions and answers. It's to dive deep into, like you said, we're, it didn't even feel like we're on a podcast. It's we're having a conversation, but we're 
having a valuable conversation where we're diving deep into a topic. And so yep. I'm going to have to go back and even see what we talked about. But I know there's like five or lot. six huge topics that we just dove into. So uh, I think that's a wrap. Um, we've got Dirtbags University coming up. Keep your eyes peeled for that. It's going to be a big one. Um, and yeah, Luke, it's always good to be back in studio, man. Cheers, brother. I wish I would have brought my mug. So next, next one we record, I'll bring it. But next one. Yeah. All right, we'll see you soon.